Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. So as, as those who have heard me speak before, normally you know that I go line by line, and I might go through a whole chapter of the Bible. This is going to be a little bit different. Um, and because um, I didn't have, I didn't know who would be here, if Robin and Rob would be here, because Robin just got back from uh, flying in, and she got to see her daughter in a white coat ceremony. So Emma had her white coat ceremony. And so I put everything on paper so we don't have it on PowerPoint, because uh, I had to figure out how I was going to uh, do all of this. And so... Um, I don't know how you are, but I tend to be more like linear in my thinking. One plus two equals three, and A always comes before B and then C. And the Lord's been challenging me, who tends to be a get-it-done kind of person. He's been really challenging me that perhaps some of my perceptions and thinking should have an adjustment. And he's been talking to me about seasons, and I'm just thinking like, blah, 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 blah. Yes, Lord, I know about seasons, like spring, summer, winter, fall, you know. What's the big deal? But he was, he's been showing me that if I will choose to look through the scriptures and through his word in more of a circular way, because that's the Hebrew way, that I will have much more enjoyment, much more strength, because I'll understand what my season is. And people use that word all the time, or they use the word shift, at least a, a lot around a lot of people that I hang with. And so um, I'm going, yeah, yeah, right, 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 one more time. But really, he's been doing a deep work, like, like Francis, I'm telling you the truth. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. If you will regard this, you will be much better off. Because if we're not an agrarian society, I mean, I kill cactus. So agrarian things are not going to work for me. But if you're agrarian or if, you're, if you grow things and they actually live, you know good and well that when the planting season is planting season, you steward that in a different way than if it's the time of harvest where you're actually reaping it and then you get to eat it, right? And so... Um, when he was showing it to me that way, I was thinking, boy, Francis, you've been a little bit slow in your head. You know, you need to, you really do need to make this adjustment. And as we were singing these songs, which I thought was just so cool with uh, Joyce uh, giving her uh, input, which was so awesome. Um, I like that last song, My Savior, My God. The, the artist here was saying, I'm not skilled to understand what God has willed what God has planned. I only know it at his right hand stands one who is my savior. I take him at his word indeed. And so I, I'm thinking it's pretty funny in a way because the Lord has instructed us and we can be skilled to understand. We can be skilled to know. And then he goes on to say, I take him at his word indeed. Christ died to save me, this I read. And and I'm thinking, you know, sometimes, sometimes when the Lord is speaking to us, we don't get it. But it doesn't mean he's not speaking to us. It just means we don't get it. Because he was already getting it. He was saying, I take him at his word indeed. And so that just really blessed my heart because, again, as you guys know, 
there's no like telling people what they need to be singing or not singing or whatever. So it's so neat that it, it dovetails with this. And with um, Steve, Pastor Steve uh, talking to us interactively and asking us to ask the Lord questions, that's also like a new idea for me because I wasn't, my, at least the generation that I was raised in, starting from being a teenager up, you didn't question authority. You didn't question God. You just didn't, you know. And if you happen to get an answer, you consider yourself, woohoo, it's all good. But when I moved here in 1988, the Lord started changing that for me. And not that I was really good at it. I feel like I'm actually just now beginning like I'm in kindergarten. But um, I do remember about 88 or 89 this has a point. I'm not going on a bunny trail. Uh, I was here, and I, in 1988-89, singing solos was a big deal. And so I sang this solo, and I messed up on a line or two, and I was so frustrated. And I just started crying out to the Lord. In my, because I was so, so depressed, I cried out to the Lord. I said, why is this bothering me so much? I know for a fact it's not pride. But why is it bothering me? And I was going through this chronological Bible at the time, you know, in kind of like date order or what they think is date order. And so I went to read my reading for that day. And there were, you know how some of your Bibles will have like a, a, a title on a paragraph, you know? So there was this title and then I read it. It says, for this song is not a song, but this song is your life. And at the time, I was involved heavily, um, I think I was back at Faith Center by then, after the one pastor exited, then back at Faith Center. So I think I was there. So I was involved with a lot of recovery people at that time. And so I was singing, uh, I, think it was, I think the song was called uh, Broken People. And I had messed up the line because I didn't want to mess up whatever the Lord could do through me, if he could bring healing through another person, praise God, you know, uh, kind of thing. And so he talked to me through his word, you know, and, and that's how he primarily talks to me. And then, then Pastor Steve gets us really brave, and we, need, we could ask questions of God. This could deepen our relationship, and I'm just going, all right, Lord, I'm glad you kind of broke me in, because if not, I'd be freaking out right now. And, and so, anyway, Steve Pastor Steve encouraged us to sit with the Lord. In other words, take a little time to think about these things and all. So now we're going to be um, going through the notes pretty much. Um, like I said about the seasons, the Lord is asking me, and I believe since he's asking me, and, and the assignment he's given me is, is this body— at this time, um, he's asking me, that means he's asking all of us, all of us, to steward our seasons well. And when, uh, right now, I believe with all my heart that we're in a season of intentional reflection. Another word for that might be inventory. And I remember because, of, again, 1988-89, heavy recovery days, anytime you took a moral inventory, at least in the way I looked at it, it was always a bad thing. So whenever I heard the word inventory, that would trigger me. But the Lord was showing me, no, Francis, let's go back a little bit further to your, to your first job, and you were in retail. 
at your mom's uh, store at Savon in Southern California. And so what happened when you took inventory? You'd see what was out of stock. You would see if anything was ex expired. Um, you could sometimes even know if something was stolen because that was the thing even back then. And then you would also know maybe I need to replenish something. So, so what, whether we're a, a mom that works at home or we're, uh, we have our business, we all know what inventory is. But do we apply it to our hearts and do we apply it to our lives? Because this, this is a season, has always been the season uh, for all of the Hebrew children, all of, all of Israel, all the people of God. This has always been a season to reflect and the Lord told me, take inventory. And he also said, there's some things, there's some um, baggages and weights of the last season that he wants us to lay aside so that he can propel us forward into the new season. I was watching uh, real quick this uh, thing on Facebook, this young kiddo was in the junkyard. And uh, his dad said, if you can get any of these cars running, it's yours. And, and um such, and I was I was thinking about all the things that would make it so that this car wouldn't propel forward, and then finally he had to use the Hey Dad card and call his dad in to help him, and um, the dad said, well, we can't, you know, he was getting ready to tow it, but he said, if we don't, if we don't take the seatbelt and attach it to the, to the steering wheel, it's going to just keep furrowing in instead of going on that path out so that they could tow it away. And I thought that was like a perfect illustration, a totally perfect, fresh illustration, fresh for today, illustration of how we can be that, we can be that card that we're laid down by certain things, weights, situations, uh, I don't know, maybe unforgiveness, maybe some baggage, some things we need to walk through. Uh, some things that we might want to stay present with Jesus at some point and do, you know, so that we can move. We can have movement forward. In 1 Peter 4, 7, 3, 11, it's on your papers, um, I was looking for a scripture that was talking about stewarding because that's what he was talking about me in the seasons, like to steward it well. So this just happens to be in the context of Jesus is coming soon. And many, many people in the body of Christ believe that Jesus can come at any moment. So while this is not what, I, what I'm teaching at this point, I'm talking about us being good stewards at whatever season that we're at. Okay, so let's read together here. 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Yay, Teresa. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as the one who is speaking actual words of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to who belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Can we all say amen? Amen. amen. And that word sound judgment there, it also in some trans, other translation is known as clear-minded, and it carries the idea with it. You know, have you guys ever seen an opera singer? 
maybe even if it's not your favorite, but I mean, have you ever seen one? And have you ever noticed one that's singing like in a in a musical or a cantata or something like that? They the her her or he their diaphragm they have to have an enormous amount of control so that the breath that they have is extended for the highs, is extended for the lows, and is also keeping them at a pace so that they will have a voice at the end of this. And um, that's what kind of the idea of that sound judgment, that clear-minded, that being able to take what we have, what the Lord has given us, and then to be able to um, give it out, whatever we have, whatever it is, in whatever place it is, in whatever shape it is, that we're able to give it out, but yet we're not going to be so much giving out that we are, oh, I'm empty, you know, but we do it out of a place of fullness. So let's go into the next scripture, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. I'm going to be reading out of the New American Standard and the message. In the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Through us, he brings the knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathe in the exquisite fragrance. Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent, rising to God, which is recognized by those on the way of salvation, an aroma redolent with life. But those on the way to destruction treat us more like the stench from a rotting corpse. It's really funny, about two weeks ago, you know how sometimes when you're in that place where you're you're not quite awake, but you're not quite asleep, you're just like in that in-between time. I had this really quick vision of, um, of an apple tree, and the apples were beautiful. They weren't from my apple tree, they were someone else's apple tree. And I, um, two confessions here, I was a little jealous because the apples were just like my apples in my own apple tree. But apples last year were just really small for some reason, even though I pruned them back. I mean, I had them pruned back. Trust me, I did not prune them. Um, and so I was like getting, I was like, huh, I'm a little jealous here. And the Lord quickly corrected me, and, and it was like he was lifting it up. And I was seeing, because um, I like things like bones, you know, and, and those kind of things, you know. Uh, it's a mystery to me. And he, he like lifted it up, and it was like this stench. It was like this rotting corpse, just like it would be like on bones, you know. And um, he was saying, like, that's what that looks like to me when you enter into comparison, you know, and such. And so it was so cool. I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about that when I picked the scripture out. It just was about the fragrance. And um, so then let's hear it in the message. This is a terrific responsibility. Is anyone competent to take it on? No. But at least we don't take God's word, water it down, and then take it to the streets to sell it cheap. We stand in Christ's presence when we speak. God looks us in the face. Wow. We get what we say straight from God, and we say it as honestly as we can. And now you'll probably want to turn your sheet over. Because it might, it, it should be at the top, and it's so, what a coincidence that it is at the top, because I didn't plan it that way. It was just the half of the sheet. Yeah, but humility, to me, is a top thing. We need to exercise humility in ourselves. It's not so much that we 
think less of ourselves, but we think of ourselves less. All right? Because if, if we really understood who we were in Christ, if we really did, we'd be so humbled. Because it's like, would you, if you were God, would you trust the Holy Spirit with most of us? No. I mean, I'm just speaking for myself, you know, speaking for a friend, you know. But I, would, I wouldn't do that. But he trusts us. So to me, if we would really understand who we are in Christ, that would, that would engender just total humility. And that could, be like, that could be like the top, the cornerstone. But to me, it's also like the foundation, you know. And if you ever known about foundations of houses, I bet you Tom and, and, and Teresa, you know, know a little bit about this, um, that the foundation is everything. Because it's from everything is built up from there. And, or everything falls because of it. And if you have shoddy workmanship, if you try to take shortcuts or anything like that, then um, it's going to show, and it's going to really show. And so the Lord's been really emphasizing to me humility as a necessary foundation in my heart, that it will position you, it will position me for what he wants us to see, which brings me to perception and and. When we take that humble posture, then it helps us to see better. You know, the, the Word of God is good for correction, but it's not the correction like having a leather belt like I was used to correction. The correction is like for your glasses. You know, when you go to the eye doctor and it gives you a new uh, prescription, they call it also a, a correction. So it's helping you to see clearer, right? Wow, I just feel like the Lord is really exhorting us really strong today. Uh, really strong. If we, if we will take it, it can change us forever. So that, that, that posture of humility comes, that the position we take, our attitude, our approach, maybe even how we carry yourself, who knows, that leads us next to perception. We get this lens, we, we get this corrected view of ourselves and others, and first and foremost, I hope we get a corrected perception of who God is, which was illustrated really beautifully in all of the, of the worship today, of who God is. And then that leads us to next, our purpose, or you could call it our determination or our intention or our motivation. I know that sometimes certain words won't do it for other people, but if you get something that's really close, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm tracking with you. I'm tracking with you. So... Let's read one more scripture, and then we'll have it open for, um, for sharing. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. Amen. 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 Now, in just a minute, I'm going to have Pastor Linda come up and share. And um, the Lord was uh, challenging me something pretty, pretty, uh, I'm embarrassed to say it, and, and that's why I'm talking about the word embarrassed. Um, but a situation happened that I was just like totally like, have you ever just 
something hits you from the left, I mean, like, you just totally didn't see it coming. Kind of like a wreck, but, but it's like all between your ears, right? Um, well, something hit me, and I just, I couldn't believe my response. It was like, it's like, Francis, you're embarrassing yourself, and you're embarrassing God. At least that's, that was my self-talk anyway. And so I was asking the Lord about it, and, and, uh, and how I do that a lot of times is I'll try to find a scripture in the Bible that might talk about that. Or if I'm not sure, the for sure definition of something, I look it up in the dictionary, and then a lot of times from the dictionary, then I can go to the Word of God. And so... This is really cool. I learned this, that embarrassed uh, in the dictionary was saying that it, it is of Portuguese origin, and it carries with it this, uh, this idea of like a halter to restrain by a cord or a leash. And isn't that like a perfect, isn't that like a perfect example of what it feels like when like you're like totally embarrassed? It's like you have this halter on you, and I'm thinking, oh, God, I've been self-conscious and ashamed, uh, awkward, all, all these kind of things were all, like, flooding me. And um, I just felt like the Lord was asking me to just stay with him in this instead of run for the hills, which would have been my MO. That would have been my default setting in the olden days. Uh, if something went wrong, I would just run, run. Not talking to you, not talking to you. I'm bad, you know. Instead, the Lord was saying, I want you just to sit with me, stay with me here, and let's let's talk about this, you know. And it was like he was, he we were having a communication, you know, by the word of God and by my inner witness, and we're having this this back and forth thing. And then it was like I, I just could see him, he's just like lifting the halter off and like, you don't have you don't have to stay there. You're my daughter. You don't have to stay there. And, and it was so cool because, again, it was kind of like a, uh, it was like a, it was like Pastor Steve's exercise, but it was a little revised, you know. And so I'm, I'm trying to be brave here and practice these new behaviors. And um, so the Lord was just really working with me. Now, for you, you might be saying, oh, yeah, I wish I'd stay home. But maybe, just maybe, the Lord might be dealing with you about certain areas of your life or attitudes or uh, thought patterns or things. And I really believe that this is the season. This is the time. This is the time of reflection. This is the time to take care of some of these things. Because whatever it is, and whether Jesus is coming tomorrow or not, we may have some difficult times coming, and we want to just not have to be triggered by the stupid stuff or, or by the stuff that's unresolved, let's put it that way. Um, stuff that's unresolved so that we can hear the Lord clearly for, for what, however we find ourselves. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.